Hey, welcome back to That Really Smart Show. This is the newest episode of That Really Smart Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. The last episode was probably our most popular ever, so I want to say thank you to all of our listeners out there for making that the most listened to episode of That Really Smart Show in its history. Uh, Couldn't have done without you. We are going to go further, farther, faster, better each and every episode here on out. So... What's new, everybody? I'll tell you what's new here at the show. Um, You know, we've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners over the last week or two. We've actually got some letters from listeners, and we're going to read those uh, a little bit later on here, so stay tuned for that. Um, But the kind of common theme was, what is this show really going to be about? Um, I feel like it doesn't have a lot of structure, and it's unclear that you have any concept of um, what you're doing beyond simply recording yourself and doing interviews with your friends. Well, first of all, if that was just what this show was about, I would say that sounds like a great show. So I take that as a compliment. Thank you for that compliment. As always, we keep it positive here, and that is helpful, positive feedback. Everybody loves the current format of the show, and even if we make it better, It is only making something that is already great even better. And for me personally, that is something that I'm a fan of. I love to improve. I love to see things improve. And to that, we are going to make this week's episode a little bit more structured than uh, episodes have been in the past. So taking your positive feedback and making it a positive contribution to our already positive show. That's what we're doing here today. So let's get right into what we will be dealing with on this week's episode. First up, uh, as I already mentioned, we do have letters from listeners, feedback from listeners, which we always appreciate. Send all of your letters here to the show, care of, whatever, just send them. Personally, I'm not sure how these letters got here, but um, I'm glad they did. After reading your letters, we're going to go to a new segment, which we're calling Build a Birdhouse Using Only Wire Coat Hangers and Saran Wrap. Um, It's going to be a kind of a handy works segment. There's going to be a lot of sounds, not a lot of talking, because it's mostly just going to be bending hangers and wrapping those hangers with saran wrap. So, you know, that's going to be about a 45-minute segment. I think we're all going to really enjoy that and, uh, you know, look forward to that one. We're also going to do something on uh, 2016 investment strategies. Uh, We're talking income brackets, cost basis analysis, rolling over things, uh, and what's new in the tax code for 2016. That's going to be a four and a half hour segment. I think we're all going to really enjoy that one. Um, it's going to be a learning experience for all of us. I personally don't know anything about tax strategies or investment strategies, so we'll kind of be learning together. So we'll you know, just surf the internet, read articles from various sources, and assume they're correct, and we'll just kind of build a 2016 strategy off of that. So I'm looking forward to that. I think we will all learn a lot in that four and a half hour segment. Finally, to close out the show, is going to be an interview with the owner of a professional baseball team and the official team of that really smart show. We're talking, of course, about the Mexico City Jalapenos. That is one action-packed episode of that really smart show. we got to get right into it, so we're going to start off by reading letters from our listeners.
So we've got two letters today. Uh, we had two letters come in this week. Usually we get about 600 to 700, so it's a little bit lower than usual, but, you know, it's like the holidays and all that sort of thing, so it's kind of understandable. The first letter we have today is from Grumpy in Chicago. Dear That Really Smart Show, longtime listener, first-time physical letter writer and mailer. After listening to the newest episode, That Really Smart Beginning, I was struck by your positive outlook and can-do attitude. Your show is an inspiration. Well, thank you, Grumpy. Uh, we do what we can. Grumpy goes on. Without getting into a lot of details, I am not a positive person. I've often found myself wondering if this lack of positivity is the result of upbringing or a natural disposition. I suppose I'll never know the exact reason or reasons, but having braces as a senior in high school, not to mention smelling like grease and onions for most of my teenage years from working in a kitchen for 30 hours a week, didn't exactly help the situation. Other things that concern or otherwise frustrate me include steep inclines, impending lockjaw, hangnails, nasal infections, chipped teeth, indifference to food, the imperialism of Western medicine, spotty internet connections, the inability to distinguish scotch from Irish whiskey, sitting on a cold folding chair while eating food off a paper plate at a funeral, dry cleaning, ear hair, nose hair, suffocation, reincarnation, and specifically being reincarnated as myself and hating myself in an eternal vicious cycle of bougie, myopic self-fixation. Uh, anyway, uh, I could go on but won't. Well, a few more. Talkative barbers getting jowly, those toxins from plastic bottles, running out of gas in the desert, forgetting my middle name, having people learn my middle name, and doing math in my head. Uh, you know, Grumpy, that's quite a list of things that would naturally frustrate anyone, I would say. I think those are all pretty natural things to be annoyed by. So, you know, again, you're not alone. I'm really kind of responding to a lot of what you're saying and putting down here. So I, I get it. Um, but there, Grumpy goes on, but thanks to your show, I've realized that I don't have to give in to these negative thoughts. That's right, Grumpy. Instead, I can do laundry and grocery shopping on the same day and celebrate that fact with all of the world. You sure can. Maybe someday we'll meet on a crosstown bus and I can tell you all about my laundry and grocery shopping schedule. But until a day such as that, just keep on inspiring us all. Sincerely, Grumpy in Chicago. Grumpy, thank you for the letter. Okay, we've got one more letter here. This one is from Sassy in the Midwest. Sassy in the Midwest. All right. Uh, that really smart show. Snooze Patrol. Your show is fine, but so is walking in the door after work. Oof. Okay. What do you really have to offer your listeners? What's your hook? I, for one, would like a more defined show with defined segments. That would really make the show pop. Sassy goes on, here are some ideas for segments. Keeping it positive. A segment where you take a frustrating or tough event from today's news and give it a positive, inspiring spin. Hmm. Cocktail concoctions. This segment is cocktail tips and cocktail sampling. Okay. Um, they've got another one here, she says. Or he, I don't know who, who Sassy is. I have no idea who Sassy is. Um, this is my new thing. A segment talking about something new and exciting in your life that has made the world a more positive place. Love that idea, Sassy. A segment called Amazing Things. In this case, these are more aspirational, 
as opposed to reality-based amazing things. Okay, it's a little bit abstract, but we can see what we can do with that one. That's all I've got off the top of my head, but I bet this can kill a few minutes easy. Peace out, sassy from the Midwest. P.S. You should really get a co-host because I can only imagine it's incredibly lonely talking to yourself for hours on end. Sassy, thanks for the letter. These segment ideas are great. Um, You know, like I said, we've already got this show pretty much buttoned down, so we probably can't get to all of these. Um, Also, you know, doing segments is difficult because, you know, you have to do sound bites to introduce each segment, and that can take a really long time. And, you know, as much time and effort and energy as we put into this show, sometimes you just, you just don't have all the time in the world to do all the amazing things you want to do. You know, the idea that we could just do something like cocktail concoctions, just spur of the moment, is a little bit, a little bit unrealistic. Cocktail Concoctions, the part of the show where we give helpful advice about hosting cocktail parties along with cocktail recipes. Today's tip is for the outdoor entertainer. Are you tired of spending your outdoor entertaining making drinks for all your terrible guests? Well, you're in luck with our helpful cocktail tip uh, or concoction tips of the week. Keep your cocktail menu small and simple for your next outdoor event. Make a pre-mixed crowd pleaser like Lolay Liberté. The boozy proportions are just great to get the party started or keep it going. And best of all, you can mix up a batch in minutes and get back to the fun. Oh, and don't forget the limes. Our cocktail of the week is a little something we cooked up here at the studio. We're calling it that horned helmet Vikings wear. It's equal parts Fernet Branca, Grand Marnier, and Creme de Cassis, muddled together with rosemary and served lukewarm. Swizzle up a that horn helmet that Vikings wear today. Where did that come from? I thought we were going to do the birdhouse thing. Um, anyways, sounded great. I think cocktail concoctions is definitely a really good idea and should always be part of the show. Um, we do need to get to the birdhouse, though, because uh, that's pretty important. I mean, it's not like we could just do the segment, this is my new thing right now, just kind of spur of the moment. We have to think about what my new thing is, for starters. Hey, what's that? Oh, this? Nothing. It's just my... Hey, welcome to that This Is My New Thing segment on That Really Smart Show. Uh, The really new and exciting thing in my life from this week has been mm, making pancakes every morning. They're from scratch. Uh, I've enjoyed doing it. I make about four pancakes. They're small little guys, kind of like silver dollar sized. So I'll have four of those, a cup of coffee, read the morning newspaper, and get really pumped up for a day, starting off with delicious pancakes. That's my new thing for the week. Wow, there's another thing. Okay, so this is my new thing. Sound like a good segment. Went pretty good, I guess. Um, let's keep it going though. Before we get to the birdhouse, we might want to just kind of, well, I don't even know what's the next segment we're doing. Is it the birdhouse? Hey, welcome to that birdhouse building segment. Uh, we're pretty far into it at this point. You can't really tell, but I'm bending coat hangers right now. Pretty, some pretty, pretty extensive bendings happening. 
Um, hold on, I'm getting some saran wrap. Yeah, it's looking pretty good right now. We got some some good some good coverage on the uh, the roof of the birdhouse. Um, I really wish you were here to see it. It's, uh, it's definitely looks like a birdhouse is coming together thanks to these coat hangers and saran wrap. We interrupt this bird building tutorial to bring you this new segment. Hey, that's right. This is Keeping It Positive, a segment where we take a frustrating or tough event from today's news and give it a positive, inspiring spin. Today's positive spin is on global warming. Global warming, not typically something that we want to kind of celebrate or think is a good thing, but putting a positive spin on it, the one good thing about global warming is that it makes talking about the weather more interesting. That is your positive spin on an otherwise less than positive news item. Okay, keeping it positive. Another great segment from that really smart show. We're blowing through these. Uh, what's next? This is Amazing Things. This is Amazing Things. It's basically a ripoff of This Is My New Thing, except it's not something that I'm actually doing currently, but think would be amazing if it actually occurred. Today's amazing thing is a key hook right inside the front door where I could put my keys on it. I mean, it's not exactly earth-shattering, but I don't personally have one of those or a good spot for one, so my keys just kind of float around the apartment between jackets and sweatpants and whatever else is kind of around. If I just had a key hook right inside my door and a place right inside my door for that key hook, I could just hang my keys on that, and I would always know where my keys are. That would be an amazing thing to have. That was some, some segment show right there. That was a lot of segments. That was a lot of stuff. It was great stuff. All of it was great. So what we'll do is we'll probably skip right to the interview with the owner of the Mexico City Jalapenos. Uh, a little bit of background on this. Uh, the Mexico City Jalapenos are a professional baseball team in a fake universe. It's not real. None of the players exist. But the drama and the passion and the drive that these players and fans and this organization as a whole have is an inspiration to me personally, and I think to you as a listener of this show, you will find yourself rooting for the Mexico City Jalapenos, one of the most exciting, inspirational teams that's playing the game the right way right now in Mexico City in a fake world that does not exist. Hello. Are you there? <laughs> I'm here. Is this working? It's working. Sweet. How are you my doing? My old then? PS3 headset, so this is great. <laughs> you sound phenomenal. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> Do I sound drunk and exhausted? Because that's what I am. You, you sound a little bit tired. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? We're just getting started. This is where the magic happens. So I got uh, two beers, two monitors, and two kids not quite asleep. Uh, but this is uh, so it seems like a Tuesday. Yeah, so. I was going to say it seems like a kind of a normal occurrence, right? Yes. Yes. 
So, Jared, first of all, thanks for joining us tonight. I'm very excited. I can't say can't say how excited I am. And and we're excited to have you. You know, I have <laughs> I have to confess, I'm a little bit nervous about this interview, uh, only because we've never had anyone as famous as yourself on the show before. Sure, why not? <laughs> and, you know, pardon my ignorance. Uh, I'm familiar with normal baseball, or let's just call it real baseball. Mm-hmm. Less familiar with fake balls, fake baseball. Sure. Uh, Most people aren't familiar with fake baseball. <laughs> and I think, I think that's one of the exciting opportunities we have tonight, is to really you know, bring fake baseball out to a wider audience of, at this point, six people. Very exciting. So do you think you can give us kind of like a quick... Uh, update or kind of background sure. on what fake baseball is and how you got involved? Sure. Fake baseball is kind of like fantasy baseball, only with more numbers and more players, and none of them are real. So, hence the fake. So, it's basically, I can run an entire franchise, fake franchise, from rookie ball up to the major leagues in basically any city that has a major league or I believe AAA affiliate style club and uh, run the whole show. Uh, It's great. I have a fake budget and I can tell my fake players what level to play at and I can hire fake coaches and I can hire fake free agents and I can trade fake players. Uh, It's wonderful um, and exasperating. So if you enjoy a real baseball team, I get to do have the same raw emotions and sheer agony and pure joy <laughs> only three times a day. How'd you get turned on to it? Uh, we have a mutual friend who is very much into fake and real sports and gambling <laughs> and tweeting and all kinds of tech and nerdy and drinking and sports, all of those things that are involved. Yep. Uh, and he tried to talk me for several years into joining, and me knowing who I was, very self-aware human being, knew what would happen if he got me involved, and exactly what I expected to happen is what happened. And I became obsessed, and we're going on, I don't even know the number of years going on. Four years I've been doing this, which is like wow. 7,000 fake baseball leagues. Um yeah, we, th- we run three games a day in each league, so whatever that is, every three months is the new season. So you started with one. What was your first team? The first team, uh, the team of my heart, oh. is the Mexico City Jalapenos. You know, I needed a neutral park. Mexico City's neutral. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't pick a, I couldn't pick a major league baseball team or a, a stadium. That just seemed too obvious, too easy. We are now in season 38. It's an exciting time in Mexico City. We're in the middle of open free agent signings. Okay. Uh, I've got a few coaches left to sign. Most of my coaches stayed. Uh, That's probably another podcast. I'm very good at hiring coaches. They like to stay in my organization. We are in season 38. I actually joined this world in season 19, which is, if you can do some math, I went to art school, so I'm not good at it, but (laughs) that's about half. I've been in this world about half of its existence. Wow. And... um, we weren't very good to start. 
I believe, as I said before, we were the worst franchise for those first 19 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up making the playoffs, I believe, on a fluke, because I thought I knew what I was doing, realized I didn't, and have since remedied this. Yeah. Uh, made made the world card. Um, well, let me also uh, explain. With there being 32 teams, that math works out to be 16 teams in each league, which appropriately works out to four teams in four divisions, which is not like uh, Major League Baseball. Right. So there's a discrepancy there in Major Leagues where you have the one one game playoff. So in ours, it's a, it's kind of a nice system where we uh, there are four division winners and two wild card winners, and so the first two the top two seeds get a bye, and those first four teams play a full five game series. So you're not just one and done in our league. You're you know, possibly three and out, which, you know, Oof. doesn't necessarily feel any better. Right. Um, especially when you're a number one seed with 110 wins and you come off a bye and the the second wild card with 86 wins smokes you in three games. So mm. that doesn't help either. Mm. These jalapenos didn't do so hot. We made a couple wild cards in the first round. We actually, the first couple of seasons we were here, and then I believe it's season 21, we made a miraculous run to the National League championship series we are also the the mexico city jalapenos are in the national league south i should say so we do not have a dh Mm -hmm. um our pitchers hit uh like they're supposed to that's right um and uh, i believe we made it all the way to that lcs and got smoked oh we made it we made it farther than we should have anyway we went through a little bit of a drought and then we ended up rattling off i believe seven divisions in a row and became a very respected franchise yeah we're in a little bit of a lull now, but whew, boy, howdy, are we ready to roll again? Okay. We got a lot of young, we got a long, a lot of young players. This is the, we're on the cusp of greatness again. How long did you have to rebuild? Um, that's a that's a fun that's a fun fun question, Andy. <laughs> um, we uh, the strategy is, depending on your fake baseball connoisseur, some people think just tank all the way, and. Um, build up a, a solid bank of uh, top three draft picks, and mm-hmm. then just you've got a 10 years of dominance. I would like to uh, continue churning that, you know. Uh, we signed some international free agents who might be um, above-average major league players. They're not going to be your superstar uh, or your stud, but uh, they can fill in nicely, some role players. You draft well, and you make some timely trades Everyone has the same budget. You're working with 185 fake million dollars, and <laughs> you have to spend that wisely on uh, your coaching staff, your players, your prospect payroll, um, your scouting departments. You have college, high school, and international, <laughs> and your advanced scouting, which scouts sort of the players in the league already, and who, you know, you need to scout who this this 23 year old coming up you're playing against. Mm-hmm. Um, just called off, you want to make sure you see what his projected ratings are. Sure. And then you have your training and your medical, because you want to make sure your players are, are training in the offseason and getting the right medical attention when they have fake injuries. You, so, you have to uh, yeah. watch out so for it's all So it's all a balance. It sounds so fake real. It's unbelievable. It's, <laughs> it's really fake and really real. I, I believe our catchphrase, uh, the jalapenos do have a Twitter feed, and our, our catchphrase is... Um, the baseball's fake, but the excitement is real. <laughs> when the jalapenos um, are in the playoffs, 
Mm-hmm. Does anything else matter? Agony. It's yeah. all agony. It's it's the exact same thing if your real baseball team would be in mm-hmm. in any playoffs. Only you're completely in control, and there's three games a day. And a typical duration of a game is uh, half of a second. <laughs> um, you hit refresh, and all of a sudden they're there, and you get a box score. I just care about the fake ratings and the fake players and the performance <laughs> and their fake little hearts because, by golly, they all have them. That kind of brings me to another question I had. Mm-hmm. Um, what player broke your heart? Oh, um, honestly, uh, my favorite player of all fake baseball all time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a little man named Otis Davis. Okay. And I really wanted to name my firstborn Benjamin Otis because <laughs> of it. Uh, and... We're, we're talking to my heart right now, but he just retired oh. after several years mm-hmm. in the uh, fake major leagues. He's 42, and he just retired. He broke all the jalapeno hitting records. Wow. He has 3,200 hits in the league. Oh, my God. Which is like sixth all-time. We oh. almost got into the top five. Oh. Um, but he was also right at the 300 mark, and... His ratings were dipping pretty crazily, so I didn't want to chance him being a 299 career hitter. Okay. That, that is um, my that, ego speaking, but I also thought Otis would thank me in the end. Yeah. Just to be fifth on that, on that mark, which would get surpassed at some point. Right. Um, I think would be less important as knowing he has a 300 career average. Yeah. I mean, you know Otis better than most, um, so I think you're... Pretty much anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's from Montana. As far as I know, he's the only black man from Montana. <laughs> and did you draft him out of high school? College? No, I inherited him since oh, I, wow. as I said before, I took him over. I took this team over at uh, season nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, season eighteen, they were located in Iowa City, oh. and um, we had to move them right out of there. So, Otis, let me let me pull up his stats here. It's hard to find him because he's not on my roster the first for the first time in my existence in fake baseball. He's not on my roster. But, fortunately, we have a Hall of Fame, and he is in the Hall of Fame nominations list. Oh, really? Yes, because he is easily a first ballot Hall of Famer. Let's see this Otis Davis right here. He was drafted in the first round. He's 42 right now, which would make him born in whatever, before this league existed. So, (laughs) and uh, he was drafted in the first round, pick number 14, 10, pick 14 in season 14. Pick 10 in season 14. Yep. As a high school player from Billings, Montana. Billings. He's got a nice little uh, fake mustache. Yeah. Uh, the fake players give you fake uh, pictures, too. They're all computer-generated, and they look really ridiculous. And they all have 80s mustaches, which is wonderful. <laughs> um, he was drafted in season 14, uh, was Rookie of the Year. Wow. Let's see here. In season... 17, so three years in the minors, was called up in season 17, Yep. and then made only two all-star teams. Part of the problem is the all-stars are selected by the computer. All the awards are selected by, most of the awards are selected by humans. Okay. And the problem was we were flush with a lot of first basemen. Otis Davis is a first baseman. Mm -hmm. A very good gold glove winning first baseman. Oh, man. Um, We were flush with a lot of home runners at first base, and uh, which is part of the problem why he's only sixth on the all-time hit list. Yeah, he, he played in 
2,800 games, uh, over 10,000 at-bats, almost 1,500 runs, 31-32 hits, 562 home runs, um, a 300 lifetime average, and an 864 OPS, which is important to this guy. <laughs> That's right. So when it was time to, uh, to retire Otis, mm-hmm. did, did you have the opportunity to trade him, or did you sit him down in the, the office and, you know, give him, the, give him the business? Yeah, so we're in season 38. I believe season 36, I basically said, Otis, we're going to sign you to whatever contract you ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good character guy. His character rating is pretty high. Okay. And he's, uh, he's a good character guy. He said, I'll do what you want. <laughs> and then we said, I'll sign you to what you want, and then we're going to send you to AAA because I don't want your 300 career average to dip below there. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, he didn't take the hint and retire. We did call him up a couple times. Um, yeah, 30, season 36, he played 11 games in the majors, 13 okay. at-bats. Yeah. Uh, 30, season 37, last season, his last season in the oh. fake world. Um, he played in AAA, but his ratings could dip so much. He was 41 at the time. Yeah. Basically could only play uh, once a week at most. When he was down in the minors, did you have him, you know, like bringing up the next generation? Oh, he was, he was all about it. I have, to, I have to be honest with you here, too. I was kind of hoping that he would want to come back as a hitting coach. Yeah, sure. He was good, or a bench coach. He was, he was a knowledgeable guy, um, had good game smarts. Andy, I'm going to tell you something here, too, that I know you like. He played the game the right way. <laughs> so uh, Otis was the man from yeah. Mexico City. He's, he's, like I said, he's broken almost every jalapeno record, franchise record. Um, and uh, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, and I'm an, fortunately, I have to report that he did not list himself on the preseason coaching list for me huh. to choose from. So I think he's just... He might, you know, I can see Otis. Honestly, I can see him maybe yeah. on fake MLB Network okay. or <laughs> calling games. You don't yeah. know. He might have to start in like Double A. I, I don't think they'll have to start him in Rookie League. First of all, I don't think they call those games. But if they did, <laughs> um, I don't think I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. They'd probably jump him right to Double A. And he he did a great job in Triple A for us in seasons thirty six and thirty seven. Yeah. Um, brought up a lot of young players. We don't we aren't known for a lot of great hitters. Okay. Which is why, um, I mean, Otis would have been in the top five of any franchise with his numbers. But um, he, uh, yeah, he was just a great role model for everyone. And we were excited to, that uh, he was there to help along the few prospects we did have in double and triple A. Yep. Um, and he could part upon his uh, wisdom. The key element is when we have fake, fake spring training, you bring up all the players you think might have a chance. Uh, and they can they can spend all that time, you know. Otis was there in spring training all those years. So, for the jalapenos, like, what are the what are the big moves you're hoping to make this off season? Well, honestly, I'm in probably the only time in my fake baseball existence. I'm in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Loaded with prospects. Okay. Loaded with prospects. Um, done a decent job of trading away the right guys for solid prospects. Decent job of letting certain guys walk to turn into one and or two extra draft picks while also having decent draft scouting and planning ahead and agonizing at one in the morning with a screaming kid in my <laughs> lap. I'm planning to do the, uh, <clears throat> the old major league rule of uh, wait 20 games to bring them up to get an extra year of service out of yep. them, which uh, 
everybody in Chicago here liked last year with uh, <laughs> old Chris Bryant. But uh, the nice thing about fake baseball is you can be as cold-hearted as you want. Um, my strategy for the first time in my existence is to sit tight, sign a cheap free agent player who can complement a bench player or a corner infielder who can complement what we've got. I have to say the next potential, not Otis, nobody can be Otis, <laughs> but we, we drafted a player uh, two seasons ago Okay. Um, with our number four pick. It was one of our worst seasons we'd had. Wow. Um, it was in our quote-unquote tanking year. Uh, we ended up with the fourth pick in the draft. We also traded away a lot of good players as we realized we were tanking. We were going down a, the path fast to losing. Uh, I traded off some good mm. players, got some great prospects in return. And this guy, that ended up turning into our fourth, the fourth worst record in fake baseball that year. Uh, his name is Junior Floyd. Uh, he was signed as a junior out of Florida A&M University. And he is now wow. only 23, but he's in the majors. And he is legit and ready to go. The next face of the franchise. The, the, write it down. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Hey, how about that? How about that? That is an inspirational team. We look forward to getting updates throughout the year about the Jalapenos and their progress, and specifically about Otis's run on the Hall of Fame. Oh, what a thing. What an exciting, exciting thing fake baseball can be. Okay, hey, everybody, it's been a great episode. We're closing it out here for this week. Uh, one final segment, we're going to call it the Abby and Lexa Awards. For new listeners, this is um, something that's close to my heart. They're based off of a television program called The 100. It's my favorite program. It could be yours, too, if you just gave it a chance. But, you know, it's a hard road to hoe. But I'm not going to let people's negative thoughts on The 100 affect the fact that The 100 is a great show, and it has great characters. Two of those characters, uh, one is named Abby. She is a doctor and uh, sometimes politician. I don't like Abby a ton. She's kind of a sanctimonious, um, self-righteous... <laughs> Sorry. Um, so the Abby Award goes to someone or something that is dumb, and shouldn't be around. The Lexa Award goes to a generally cool and awesome thing or person that has happened in the recent past. So let's give out those awards for the week. The Abby Award this week goes, of course, to Abby because she once again on the most recent episode was lame and sanctimonious and didn't really add anything besides scowling and acting better than everybody else. Abby, congratulations. You win the Abby Award for the week. The Lexa Award goes to none other than Otis. Otis, your career was an inspiration to us all. Your time with the jalapenos was too short. Thank you for all of your efforts over the years. Otis, this one's for you. <laughs>